friends, uh, today we're uh, starting our Advent series, and we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 today. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 1, starting verse 39, going to verse 45. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the day. We thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for your love and kindness and generosity and uh, your love for us, Lord, is just, uh, it's unmistakable. It's unparalleled. And so, Father, we are just incredibly grateful for what you have done for us, what you continue to do for us, and the hope that we have in you, Lord. Just help us to share that with other people. Father, I know that there are people here today that are struggling, that are going through hardships, that have lost loved ones, and um, have had a rough and difficult week that need to make hard decisions this week. And Father, I, uh, I know that you are aware of each of our needs. And so, Lord, if you would, Allow for this to be a time, we, we, we want to allow for this to be a time, rather, where you come into this place and you fill us with your Holy Spirit. You allow for us to know truth. You allow for us to know what the next steps are to take. You allow for us to have hope confidence and who you are and what you're doing in times where we are unsure and uncertain and questioning and sometimes even lacking in hope and faith and trust. Lord, I, I recognize that I have a part in this service today. And so, Lord, if you would, Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of the unrighteousness that is in my life and give me the grace that is necessary to preach your word in a way that brings honor and glory to your name in a way that brings sinners to repentance and believers into a time of renewal and their relationship with you. Lord, I, I pray that there's someone here today that has never accepted Christ as Savior and Lord. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation a day where they admit that they are a sinner, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and confess Christ as Savior and Lord of life. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. Pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said. Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and our, our theme for this week is hope. Uh, hope means to, to, means to trust. It's, uh, it it's, means that you have confidence it means that you are sure of something. It means that you have faith in something, that you believe it to be true. I, I want to ask you, what do you have your hope in? Is there a person that you put your hope in? I was listening to Charles Barkley speak here a while back. He was talking to some other athletes, and Charles Barkley's a Hall of Fame basketball player. You know, he's not a, a, a guy that I often take 
life advice from, you know what I mean? And so I don't even take basketball advice from the guy, but I think he's funny. I think he's fun to listen to. And so when he speaks, I like to, to hear him. But he said this, he goes, you know, he goes, he goes, I've been voting in this political party my entire life. And I look around, he goes, our black communities aren't any different. He goes, my, the community that I grew up in still has the same bad school. He goes, I, he goes, I've learned a long time ago. He goes, I don't put my hope, my confidence in a political party at all. Either one, either side. He goes, I just, he goes, I just can't do it anymore. He goes, if I, if I want something done, I've learned that I've got to, what? Do it myself. The college football playoff committee has a decision to make today. I think if, since, since this has gone on, this is maybe the toughest decision they have to make. Which are the four best teams in college football? Which four teams deserve to be in the playoffs, right? And I think that's a tough decision they have to make because three, there's five power five conference champions. Three are undefeated. Two each have one loss. And you would think common sense, right, the three that are undefeated, they should be in there. And then the two that had the one loss, which one's better? Well, most of the time, those two teams don't play, but this year they did. And one team, Texas, has one loss. Alabama has one loss. And the reason Alabama has a loss is Texas went to Alabama and beat Alabama by 10 points. That's pretty convincing on their own field. So you would think Texas would be a shoe-in. But something tells me that this college playoff committee is going to find a way to mess this up, <laughs> you know. I don't have any confidence in their ability to make wise decisions, okay. I think they're biased. And so I just, I lack confidence. Do you, do you have confidence in people? Do you have confidence in yourself? I, uh, I, I read this week that you're not born with confidence. You develop confidence over time through accomplishments, through achievements, some of you struggle to have confidence in, in a workplace. Some of you have struggled, you struggle to have confidence in, in one-on-one or like maybe like in me, I, I, I struggle with like in a big group of people. I, I'd rather just keep my mouth shut, you know what I mean? And just let other people talk and I'll sit in the back and, and try not to embarrass myself, you know what I mean? And so do you, do you have confidence in your own abilities? I... Are you confident in your faith? Are you sure about who Jesus is? About what he's done for you? Are you confident in your salvation? Friends, God sent his son Jesus to this earth so that you can have complete confidence in your faith. Complete confidence in your salvation. He sent his son Jesus so that you can have hope, assurance. No questions, no doubts, but to be sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that you are saved. In our passage of Scripture for this morning, we see a lot of confidence. We see a lot of hope in this interaction between Mary and Elizabeth. Let's look at our text, verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house. She greeted Elizabeth. Mary was favored by God. She was a virgin engaged to be married to Joseph. And then she got this visit from the angel Gabriel. And she was told that she would carry the Messiah, the Son of God. 
Obviously, this is a big deal. I mean, it never happened before. First time in all of history. The only time in all of history. And you look from a, a historical perspective, the height of Israel, the glory of Israel was basically 900 to 1,000 years prior to this moment. Okay? You look at Israel, the history of Israel, the glory days of Israel was during King David and his son Solomon. And okay, 900 years prior to this happening, that's what's happened. I mean, that's the glory days. You think about like the glory days of Wyatt Park, okay? Maybe just think about one of those days. Maybe the glory days for your family. One of the, like my, my dad always talks about like for him, his best time of his life when all of his four kids were in his home. Like that, like to him, those are the best years of his life, okay? That's how good I was, okay? I'm just letting you all know, so. But like, since that time, the monarchy, the United, like the United Monarchy, the United Monarchy became divided, okay? And in about 586, the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. They rebuilt it, about 515, I think it was. Okay, wasn't as great of a temple that, was, that Solomon built, but they built another one. And then they had like, the, like people desecrating the temples, like the, the, the Greeks would come in and they would, they would worship false idols and they would light incense to, to I mean, they, it was just the Maccabeans revolted. I mean, so here you have like this, right? You have this, the glory days of Israel. And basically for 900 years, they have just controversy after controversy and it goes from the greatness to just, okay? And they are expecting, the people of Israel, they are expecting what? A Messiah to come. They are hoping, they're putting their faith that God is going to send them a Messiah. And what they think the Messiah is going to be, is going to be somebody like Saul or somebody like David or Saul, like a, a political leader a ruler, a king, so they could go back to the glory days, you know? And so this is, I mean, this is a huge deal that here we have Mary and Elizabeth. They're having this conversation. They recognize what? Mary is carrying the Messiah, the Son of God. Huge deal. Never happened before. It will never happen again. Only time in history. They put their hope in this Messiah. They believed that he was going to be a political leader, a military leader. But God had something different for them planned. And if you look throughout history, oftentimes we think, God's going to do this. I mean, like we're, we know that God has a plan for our life. He had a plan to prosper us. He has a, a hope and a future. I mean, like we have a hope, we have a future. I mean, just think about like, and oftentimes we think, well, if, if God plans for me to prosper, this is how it's going to have to happen, right? And we think that, hey, if, 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 if God loves me, he's going to make sure this happens. And if, if and we have it all figured out. And we think that we know what God is going to do. And we put God into a box and say, God, if you're going to do this, then this is what needs to happen first. Right? And oftentimes what happens? God says, 
That's not how I'm working today. Actually, my plan is, is for this to happen. And, and oftentimes we look in our, throughout our own life, and when God works and moves, it's something different than we think. I, I had no plans to move to Missouri, y'all. No plans. Okay? And I, I'm sure you didn't plan to hire a hillbilly from Indiana, but that's what y'all got. But listen, I mean, the reality is, is that sometimes God, like we pray and we pray for what we want. And we don't pray and we ask for God's will to be done. We ask for Jeff's will or your will. I mean, like we say, God, we want this to happen. You study church history, though. Like I, I've been studying some of the apostolic fathers and, and they prayed. They didn't pray for, to win the lottery, friends. They didn't pray for a good house, a nice home, and a, a safe neighborhood for a good school for their kids to go to. They didn't pray for a nice car or for a beautiful wife. Or, and they just didn't pray for health and prosperity. They prayed that they would follow their Jesus, to be faithful and true. That they would, some prayed to be martyred, that they would follow Jesus to the cross. And that when the time came for them to put their life on the line for their faith, that they wouldn't recant. That's what they hoped for. That's what they prayed for. If you pursue Jesus, I think you'll be surprised at what God's will is for your life. That if you do what the apostolic fathers did, and that they said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That if you allowed for yourself to follow Jesus to the cross, you would be surprised at how much different your life looks than the people around you. I, and those days, verse 39 says, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Mary was a, a favored, was favored by God. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I read the long verse here. Verse 41. And when, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then she exclaimed with a loud cry, You are the most blessed of women and your child will be blessed. The text says that when Elizabeth heard Mary, that, that, that John the Baptist, who was the baby inside of her, leaped. Uh, our, our society has started asking the question, when, when, is a, when is a baby a baby? When does life begin? Is it when the, the zygote is divided? Is it when consciousness is formed? Is it when, is, was it when the, the birthday? Like, when is it, right? We didn't ask that question. I, I mean, I've studied a lot of commentaries and some cultural commentaries, and, and no one asked. Like they, they don't, 2,000 years ago, they didn't ask that question, when did life begin? It wasn't, it wasn't the question they asked, right? Uh, I'm not a scientist, but I am a father of three. And, um, you know, in the course of almost 15 years, my wife has declared three times I'm pregnant, you know, and... Uh, a lot of times, I, I'm, are you sure about this? Are you sure? You know, I mean, like, there have been times when she's wondered, and I, but there have been three times when she has just, like, declared it, I'm pregnant. And, like, 
I could go to the store and buy a, a pregnancy test, and, but you know what happens? Her belly starts to grow, and I kind of start believing her, you know. I just call me crazy, but it's been tough, you know, being during those times, you know, it's been really rough. Got to carry a bag into the hospital and uh, <laughs> sleep, on a, sleep on a couch or a chair or, you know, eat hospital food. It's just been rough. Friends, I'm here to tell you I've survived, lived to tell about it. But, you know, nine months later, a baby was born. I don't know. You know, how long does a bun need to be in an oven before you realize it's a bun? You know, I don't know. But I'd say this. Elizabeth never once questioned Mary. She knew from the baby that was within her own belly that Mary was pregnant. And not only that she was pregnant, that she was the most blessed woman of all time. That her child was blessed. If you look back towards the beginning of this chapter, Gabriel was talking to Mary, and he calls her favored. And here Elizabeth is basically saying the same exact thing that this, Israel, that this, this uh, Gabriel said, this angel said. The word blessed means to be an object of God's favor. Mary was favored by all the women to be the mother of the Messiah. And then Elizabeth knew that she was favored, that she was great, and that this baby was great as well. Some of you might be saying, man, that must have been a heck of a kick, right? <laughs> I mean, that baby must have done something, but that's not what the text says, though. I mean, it does say that, but it also says that what? That Elizabeth was what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice that the Holy Spirit is here prior to Pentecost, giving Elizabeth supernatural ability to know supernatural or spiritual matters, spiritual truth. Supernatural ability to know spiritual truth. I, I just believe that God is still in the business, though, friends, of giving people supernatural ability to know the spiritual truths of this life. God is still in the business of empowering people with the truth. Dr. Bob Utley says that you have a choice to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to fill your life with spiritual things, or to fill your life with non-spiritual things. It's a choice that you have. The reality, he says, is that you're holy. Not holy as an H-O-L-Y, but H-O-L-E-Y. You leak. You've got holes. And you need to be filled on a regular basis with the Holy Spirit. If you look throughout Scripture, you see that that's the case, that the disciples, men like Peter, were filled multiple times with the Holy Spirit. You read Acts and you see Peter. In Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, he's filled twice with the Holy Spirit, once before the Sanhedrin and then once after he leaves. That's how, much, that's how messed up those fools were. I mean, he needed it once before he got there, once after he left. I mean, he... We need it, friends. I mean, God has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can have knowledge, so that we can have the ability to do the things that he's called us to do. 
And we can either choose to be filled with God's spirit or we can be choose to be filled with the spirit of this world, friends. And what you do is you, you make a choice, a conscious decision or an unconscious decision to do one of the two things, to be filled with the spirit of God or to be filled with the spirit of this world. And that's the reality, friends. Elizabeth here, she is filled with the spirit of God and she is able to understand spiritual truth that Mary would be the mother of the Messiah. Verse 43, how could this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. She who has believed is blessed because what was spoken to her by the Lord will be fulfilled. Elizabeth was confident that Mary was the mother of the Messiah, no doubt, no question. She was honored that Mary came to her and she praises what? Mary's faithfulness. Unlike Zechariah, he's questioning God. Mary believed. She had faith. She responded with obedience. Oftentimes I read this story, and that's something I, I kind of glance over. I, I hear Mary is what? She's being faithful. She hears a message from the Lord through the Lord's angel, and she responds with faithfulness. All throughout Scripture, you see men and women alike who hear a message from the Lord, and they respond with faithfulness. The men and women who are favored by God are the men and women who are obedient to God. And the same is true today, friends. God favors the faithful. He blesses those who are obedient and faithful to him. I still believe that God calls us to faithfulness. I still believe that he calls us to obedience. He calls us to live with hope. He, he calls us to live with confidence. He calls us to put his will over ours. This may seem a little heavy um, for the first Sunday of Advent, but are you confident in your faith? Uh, if you were to die today, let me just ask that question. If you were to die today, are you confident where you're going? Do you have hope in your eternal security? I, uh, I have a family friend uh, who's... Uh, whose daughter, when she was in the eighth grade, was doing a science experiment at their middle school. And they were, they were checking their pulses, you know, and just showing people how to check your pulse. And they, uh, her classmate checked her pulse and it read 40. And the biology teacher said, no, that's not possible. Check it again. And they checked it again and it was still 40. So the science teacher who's, she has a, a PhD in, biology, very smart lady, you know, and she thought she was going to show these girls what they were doing wrong, and she realized that she had a pulse of 40. She said, are you feeling okay, dizzy? No, no, everything's fine, and sent her to the nurse, and they sent her to the doctor, and everything seemed to be fine, and then uh, 
she was having some more issues and more issues and more issues. And finally, they realized that she had a, a rare heart condition and they had to put a pacemaker in her heart. And uh, she did well. And then a few years later, she graduated high school, went to college and met the man of her dreams, you know, married him. Name was Jeff. Good guy. And uh, not this Jeff, uh, another Jeff. And uh, anyway, uh, one day she, her heart stopped. There was a wire that was loose in her pacemaker. And she flatlined for like five minutes. She completely stopped beating. And, um, you know, just think about that if, if you're a dad, a husband, a mom, you know, your daughter, your wife, your, is there not breathing, cardiac arrest. I mean, it's just a frightening situation, as you can imagine. But it wasn't for her. She actually said that it was the most peaceful moment of her life or of her death. And she said, she goes, listen, she goes, I, I, it caused me to have more confidence in my faith than ever before. And when she regained consciousness, when her, they revived her heart, all she wanted to do was to tell other people about her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. She actually, she wrote a book about it. And she goes around and she goes to different places and anybody that's willing to listen to her story and she shares with them the hope that she has in Jesus Christ. And that death isn't something that we should be afraid of, but rather we, it's something that we should look forward to. That our hope, the confidence that we have, it's real, it's valuable. We shouldn't run away from it, but rather we should have confidence in it. We should share with other people. Friends, this, these Christmas trees and the candles and the songs that we sing, it's all about Jesus Christ. It all should help us point our lives to Jesus and, and our need for him. And the reality is that each of us are sinners. And, and God knows this about you. He knows this about me. And he allows for us to be made right in the, his eyes through his son, Jesus Christ. The reason that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be the Messiah wasn't so that Israel could be regained some sort of glory on this earth, but rather that we, would re, that we would gain glory in the eyes of God. That's why. He loves you, friends. The God of all the universe loves you and desires to have a relationship with you and desires for you to be forgiven of your sin. I... I... Uh, I want you to know that I love you. I love being your pastor. But there's nothing on this earth that even comes close to God's love for you today. I mean, he just, he loves you so much. And the reason we are here today is because God loves you and desires to have a relationship with you. 
And friends, if I can help you with that, if you're here today and you never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I would love to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you, pray with you. This is a chance that you have in our service to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that before, I would love to be able to do that. And if you're here today and you have and you're, man, you're struggling with your faith, with your confidence and you are doubting or you're unsure, I just want to let you know, like, I'm here for that too. I would love to be able to pray for you, to have Pastor Ken pray for you or one of our deacons. This altar is here for you. If you want to come forward, you can pray to the Lord and, and ask for help. I'm going to be back in the Welcome Center. I would, I would love for you to be able to come back and just have me pray for you, to, to, for me to be able to hear your story a little bit. Here in a minute, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper and I'd love for you to be able to partake in that as well. But friends, before we do that, let's just take a moment and do business with the Lord. As the Lord leads you in this moment during this time, would you hear a word from Him? Would you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you today, supernaturally, so that you would have truth, so that you would know truth? Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We thank you so much for the many blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for your love, for your kindness, for your generosity. Lord, I am so thankful that you, that you love us in spite of our sin, in spite of our shame and our shortcomings. You love us. So, Lord, I, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, Lord, you would work and move in this place and that you would allow for us to have confidence in who you are, that we put our hope and our trust in not in something that we can do, but in rather what you have already done for us through sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. The work has been done. We give you thanks for that. And we ask now that we would put our hope and our confidence in you and you alone. Lord Jesus, we love you. Pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said,